Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if Bigfoots were like us. You know, there was a whole population and all of a sudden they had corona and they had to keep their distance and that's why we rarely see any. Oh, anyway, we're live. Um <laughs> random thoughts. In today's episode we're basically gonna be talking about random things and uh also talk about uh, yesterday's uh, last story before we wrapped up the two-hour show talking about uh, the old man and the giant naked woman <laughs> of the pine woods. I'm still saying that would be a fucking film. <laughs> um, anyway, um... I got a lot of messages over that that story and stuff. Uh, a lot of people thought it was hilarious. Um, anyway, it's seven forty-three a.m. apparently here. Or yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, we're gonna be talking about this one. Diamond Comics stop shipping new comic books. I'm going to take a wild guess over the virus. Yep, I'm correct. Diamond stopped shipping books due to coronavirus. I am so sick shit. I I am not making this up. I am fucking done with this shit, man. Like, it, it's, I swear to God, conspiracy theorist thing. Movies stop coming out. Instead, they're pushed back a year, or they're going to be shipped, I mean, or they're going to be released digitally at home. TV shows stop. Now comic books. It's like, it's like the entertainment world is protesting. It is. It's, it's, it's almost like they're, they're protesting that they're so angry and tired of the way Trump is doing things. It's like they're now they have this virus thing and uh so uh diamond comics distributors inc has announced they will be stop they will stop all new shipments of comic books effective immediately april 1st in the u.s and march 25th so tomorrow in the uk there will be no no new books which means all there will be no new comic books shipped to comic book stores and retailers from Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, Valiant, and more. Therefore, which means the local comic book stores won't have any new products out. Which means they will not be doing any business. Which means they will not be making any money. Because comic book shop you know, distributor Diamond will not be doing that. So this is bad news for comic book shops who are trying to keep their business going. They're trying. It's so fucking hypocritical. In a way, because that's their only 
moneymaker is getting comic books out. They're trying to mail comic books to their customers. They're trying to get their pull list fulfilled. And now they can't because Diamond just cut them off by the knees. So, which means that they aren't going to be doing their mail order delivery thing now. They won't be mailing out their comics. People's pull list. And shit. So, this is bad news for the small comic book shops like Dark Side Comics and Chesterfield. So, anyway... That is just that. That is horrible for it, and I don't know why Diamond's stopping it. Like, so there's been big news about this one. <laughs> oh boy, I I shipped it. I sent not. I, I sent the story to Michael, and he kind of got upset by it because he's such a uh, mark for Marvel and Disney and how great they are. I sort of sort of had a laugh about it. Apple is rumored to buy Disney, Marvel, Star Wars as collapse. Once again, there's a rumor that Apple might be interested in buying Disney as the stock market continues to crash due to the coronavirus offering much lower prices this month. I, I did mention that Disney was going to be the one that was going to be hit the most by this virus in the business entertainment thing. Disney stocks continue over 36% cheaper to purchase than a month ago as the company was forced to shut down as theme parks canceled its movie release to stop production on films and television. And there is also major fact that all sports are on hold, which affects ESPN, which Disney owns ESPN. The bigger factor is that Apple is simply a much larger company than Disney. Apple's market cap is a whopping $964.8 billion compared to Disney's $152.16 billion. Speculations rumored that Apple is potentially buying Disney, which the theory is that Apple might someday make an offer for the Walt Disney around for years that has been around for years, and now it's the idea that resurfaced. Yeah, I remember Apple. Steve Jobs started Pixar. Many people don't realize that that Steve Jobs started the Pixar company, which and it's pointed out here. Apple purchasing Disney has come out has come about back in 2006 after Disney acquired Pixar. Apple's CEO Steve Jobs became the largest shareholder in Disney, leading to speculations that a merger back then. The article also points out that ongoing Disney CEO Bob Iger says his new book, A Merger, was probably going to happen if Steve Jobs didn't die back in 2011. So the problem with surrounding the coronavirus has the idea resurfacing that Apple could buy Disney, and it's mentioned that Apple is still a healthy company with its 
98 billion net as cash revenues as an enable Apple to buy Disney in the current fire sale price. I think it would be interesting that if Apple did buy it. Um, many people always say like Apple, I mean not Apple, but Disney's like the stronger thing in Hollywood, but now it just shows that Disney <laughs> is uh, not strong as many people think. I mean, if you think about it, Disney did buy a lot of stuff back through the years. They bought Star Wars. They bought Fox. They bought Marvel. They spent a lot of money buying all this products and stuff, and now it's sort of, in a way, coming back to haunt them, in a way. I mean, like, they own ESPN, and now ESPN doesn't have any sports nothing so I'm being sarcastic because it's just like they talk about this movie like it's a real thing that's happening you know They're talking about this like it's the real thing. This movie's coming out. The Snyder Cut. Now, do I believe that it's happening? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, it's one of those things, so... Um... Let's uh, let's go through this article. I I, I kind of want to see the Snyder Cut come out. I I, I really want it to come out. Yeah. So, anyway, let's let's go through this article. It's looking like the Snyder Cut of Justice League has been delayed. I didn't even know if it was happening. Like, they didn't even know if it was happening for, for doing the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut has been delayed due to the coronavirus. With it now speculating that it will, could it won't be released on HBO Max when the streaming service launches in May. Tuesday saw Zack Snyder release new images from his Snyder cut, where a fan asked about C, about the CI, with Snyder noting that a lot has a lot is done, and he still has some work to do. So. The Snyder Cut isn't officially finished. True, Snyder has been shown a version to various people close to him, but it's not the final version. What Snyder teases is his holy grail. According to various reports and rumors, 
Warner Brothers is intended to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League in the conjunction of the launch of HBO Max in May, or at least part of its launch announcement, obviously would have brought a lot of subscriptions as the Snyder Cut fandom is one of the most loyal fan bases out there, and they do have the numbers. So, I, I will say this. I will say this. Like, if... If Warner Brothers was smart, if they, if they were smart about this, they should, in a way, open the idea of doing a Snyder Cut films. Like, they should do... Like, Snyder films, what I mean. <clears throat> like, in a way, um, get, you know, Cyborg done. Ray Fisher's Cyborg. Make that film and put it on HBO Max. Or the um, Ben Affleck Batman film. You know, that would be great, you know, but I doubt Affleck would do Batman again. Because he sort of like closed the door on the idea of doing Batman. Which, you know, for me is kind of sad and disappointing. Because I am, you know, a fan of Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman. Um, but, you know, the, the idea and the many things that they wanted to do for the Snyder films, it's like, I think that if they do Ray Fisher's Cyborg, it it could be a great thing. They could test, you know, with Snyder, they could test the waters. Like, could we do DC films and release them on HBO Max instead of putting them out in theaters and stuff? Like, it, it would be a great thing. And Cyborg is, it's one of those characters, I don't want to sound like a jerk <clears throat> towards Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg is one of those things that you don't know if the film could hold up in the box office. You know what I mean? Like Shazam, unfortunately, is one of those things that like, you don't. You, you know, it was like testing the waters. Like can this? You know, Shazam was a wonderful. Shazam's a wonderful film. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite uh, DC films now. Uh, the DC Universe films. It's one of my favorites. I love Shazam. You know. Um, but unfortunately, Shazam was is one of those characters that um, a lot of people don't know. It's like it's like them wanting to do Plastic Man. I know Plastic Man. Eel, Brian, uh, Plastic Man. Everyone knows who Plastic Man You know, in the comics, everybody knows who Plastic Man is. You know, Eel O'Brien, Patrick Eel O'Brien, the thief who falls into plastic chemicals and turns him into this powerful uh, plastic man. He, he came out before Elongated Man and Mr. Fantastic. Plastic Man is the OG original stretchy hero. <laughs> but unfortunately, people outside the comic book realm does not know who Plastic Man is. 
I mean, if they watch The Flash, Elongated Man, they basically stole a lot of Eel O'Brien's personality, origin story to it. They stole a lot of Plastic Man's things. Elongated Man. Great. So, for me, I'll be right back. I'm gonna play the uh, intro music. I forgot to play it, man. Like, talking about shit. So, here it is. Oh. Hello. We were talking about, um,. So far, we're talking about the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut film has been pushed back due to Corona. (laughs) I didn't even know that uh, Snyder Cut film was being done. So, we're talking about the uh, Plastic Man. You know, uh, sorry, my, my Catwoman. The producer of the show. We're talking about Plastic Man. About them doing the movie of Plastic Man. Now it's going to be, you know, could they release it on HBO Max instead of theaters? And um, as I was saying, like Plastic Man could could be great for HBO Max because if you put it out there. Not many people are going to know who he is. And not only that, but you won't have, like, with them, they're going to have, like, you know, a no-name draw to it. So, like, if they got, like, Jim Carrey to play Plastic Man, and they throw Plastic Man on HBO Max, and you have Jim Carrey, people would gravitate towards it. They're going to like, we got to see what this film is. Yeah. And Jim Carrey was pretty good. Jim Carrey was hilarious and um, Sonic. And I love the one show he's in. Uh, happy. No, it's not happy-ish. It's uh, I going to say happy-ish, but that was, that was another show that um, I think James Gandolfini, no, Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to do it, then he died. And what was it? I think it was happiest. I forget. What was Jim Carrey in? Um, let me look it up. A TV show. Uh, I don't think it was happy-ish. That was... That was the other... That was... I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to do that one. Uh, kidding. It's the show. He's in the show Kidding, which is a really good comedy drama. It's him, Franklin Jella, Judy Greer, um, where he plays sort of like this Mr. Rogers type character. And he's dealing with personal issues. His One of his uh, twin sons dies in a car accident. And he never, and his wife divorces him over it, and 
he never got over it. And it's a really, it's a really interesting drama. I watched the first season of it and I watched, uh, the Kevin Costner show, um, Yellowstone, which I highly recommend. Yellowstone is like a really good fucking show. Um, I watched it on Hulu. I watched the second season. I watched the first season. The first season, like, fantastic. I'm a huge Kevin Costner fan, and I love any film he does. Even Waterworld, for God's sakes. <laughs> Waterworld was really, like, one of those goofy movies that, yeah. Like, but I love... Yellowstone. It's a good show. It's one of those long drama shows that has a huge story that you, your mind has to process slowly and figure out everything. And I, I highly recommend Yellowstone. It's, it's one of those fantastic films. It reminds me of Dallas in a weird way. I don't know why, but I never liked Dallas, but it just reminds me of it. Um, I, I highly recommend Yellowstone. It's a great show. Uh, Kidding is a good show. It's on uh, Showtime, but I don't have Showtime. So, so anyway, Yellowstone's a great show. Um, I think it's on Hulu. I forget. Unless I've watched it on... Uh, I think I watched it on Paramount. Let me look it up. I think it's on Hulu. If it's not, then I'm going to be pissed. Because... Unless I've watched it, I think I watched it on Paramount Network on Amazon. So, let's see. Let me look it up. The one thing I hate about the Fire Stick thing is my remote, my Fire Stick remote, went out. <laughs> it broke. I didn't break it. It just like quit working. So I had to like download the Fire Stick app on my phone and uh, see where it goes. Your voice is hot. <laughs> so. Uh, Straight up Steve Austin. That is the stupidest show. see yeah i got some of my stuff on here i like here's some of the shows i watch uh let's see monday night raw was on didn't watch it everybody loves raymond paranormal caught on camera south park king of the hill lego masters justice league action teen titans go true nightmares toy hunter lost secrets it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Cults and extreme beliefs. Dark Side of the Ring, which I watched the uh, Benmall one, which the Chris Benmall is on uh, Hulu, the part one. Uh, that was a really sad and tragic um, story. Um, which the... The story of it, I, the, the, not the story, but the documentary of it's like really good. Um, you get to see Chris Jericho talk about, you know, you get to see these interviews like Chris Jericho, Chava Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero, 
um, Dean Malenko, who is one of the greatest technical wrestlers in wrestling. Very underrated. Very underrated. Like, if he was wrestling today, he would be, you know, him and Daniel Bryan, man, they would have tore the house down. I wish they would have done, like, Malenko versus Angle. Man, that would have been a great match. Um, Dean Malenko's wife talked about Nancy Benoit. Uh, Daniel Benoit. I think it was Daniel or... It's one of Benoit's sons. I think it was Daniel. No. Is it? I forget, man. Um, Jim Ross. One of the greatest announce. One of the greatest ring commentaries ever in wrestling. But it was like, it was a really good documentary. I, I watched it three times and I had to like, my mind had to like process like everything I was hearing. Um, because it was just so like unbelievable what happened. Um, I remember when Benoit died, man, it was just like, for me, it was just like unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe the shit that happened um for me i was just i was i was a huge fan of Benoit as a wrestler i thought he was such um one of the great you know in the ring no they don't have paramount network on hulu shit but i watched the first and second season <laughs> of paramount network app but anyway um, so for me, I, I remember it and Eddie Guerrero's death. I remember that one was just, I, I remember they played, I, I actually cried at the tribute video they played on television. It was, um, they played Johnny Cash hurt. And I was just like, fuck, why do you have to pick the most? Hey, one of the songs that hurts the most to listen to. Um, but the way Eddie Guerrero died was heart disease. He died of uh, heart disease, which Chavo Guerrero says, which I know very well. My uncle died of it. He died of heart disease, heart failure. Um, so I, I do know that um, part. That one kind of, and the one that, the one part that hit me the most was in a documentary where I had to like pause and just like, <sighs> take a deep breath and like, I like, couldn't believe it was him dying of, um, not, not only that, but him ODing three times. He overdosed three times. That part hit me the most. I was just like, man, like, I couldn't believe that one. When uh, Vicky Guerrero said like he OD'd three times in her home, in their home and stuff, that that part hit me. I was just like, man, like and stuff. And um, Benoit. Basically, what I took away from the documentary was Benoit and Guerrero were like brothers, like they had a brotherhood, and they both had the same work rate. Like they both. 
couldn't stop wrestling. They couldn't stop their ambition of being the best in the world. And it basically, and this is my speculation of it. You can, you create your own speculation of where, I mean, you're not your own speculation, but your own thoughts of like after watching it. The first part, the second part, the second part, I can't wait to see. I, I know this is going to sound dark and disturbing, but I can't wait to see the second part, um, which is going to be today. They're going to play, I think they're going to play two part, both parts. Hopefully, they play both parts. Stupid to play the same part on YouTube and on TV, where if you're the person like me who records it, and you're like, wait, I just saw that part on YouTube. Why are they playing, you know, this part? Um, hopefully, they, they the second part's going to be about the murder. The second part's going to be about what happened in that timeline and the Benoit home. That part I can't wait to see. Because um, I know originally we were supposed to, we were supposed to do... Um, I'm going to say season one of the show podcast. We were originally supposed to do the Benoit murders. The Benoit murder suicide episode. We were going to talk about it. But it was so confusing trying to figure out what happened in the timeline of events. Because... There was so much things that was speculated, so much things talked about what happened that even I couldn't figure it out. And for me, the the whole murder-suicide thing, it was just so sad because you have a little kid who they talk about that he, that he would never, I think it was, I think Daniel was the son that died. I think it was David who talked about it. Um, let me look it up. Because he, he has both sons named David and Daniel, and you sort of get confused about what happened. Uh, yep, Daniel's the one who, uh, Daniel's the one who sadly passed away. David was the one who talked about it. Okay. So, um, David's the one who talked about it. And David was, it was kind of sad, though. It was just like, he, one, he looked so much like his dad, which was scary, in a way. Like, it was scary just to be like, wow, man. But it was so heartbreaking to hear him talk about it, because you can tell that it still to this day affects him like it it affects him badly which i mean i know someone's gonna be like of course it will you know but it is sad it was just like you you felt so bad for him because he wanted you know he wants to be a wrestler which um, when you look at him and you look at the name, you're like, 
he's not going to be in WWE. He is definitely not going to be in WWE because the name, the way you know he looks like his dad, it is just you know it's never going to happen because once you see him the name and you start seeing him do the same moves that Benwell did the german suplexes the chops the cross face the diving headbutt you're like this dude is not going to be in WWE because i even talked about it once on a past episode where i talked about the diving headbutt and I played like the sound of it. Like you could, um, he dives off the top of a cage, and does a headbutt on Scott. But you hear him hit the ring, and the way the camera looked, it's like, fuck, this dude nearly drove his head through a ring. Even it, it didn't even look like he hit Scott Hall. He hit like the arm, part of his arm, and you're like, "Fuck, dude! Like, what were you thinking?" You know. Uh, let's move on to uh, Snyder thing. Uh, a lot of people talk about Snyder's scenes. New se- Snyder wants to shoot new new scenes and requires visual effects, but of course they cannot do that. Um. This is from Grace Randolph, who talks about it. Snyder film. I, I got distracted by talking about the Bemal documentary and Yellowstone and show, the Jim Carrey show, uh, Kidding, um, and stuff. Um, anyway, uh, Snyder wants to do new scenes, requires visual effects. Of course, they kind of do that. Uh, heard he wants to add. I uh, heard he wants to add, and it will make different differences between diehards and diehards, and of course, the satisfaction of finally see it. It versus the, uh, the internet casual fans and they say between the arguing between casual fans and naysayers. It's that cool. Uh, he really wants. He really has some cool ideas that he wants to add to this. Uh, so Randolph goes on to say that. I agree with her that, of course, it'd be a mistake. Warner Brothers not uh, to release the unfinished version of Snyder's Cut on HBO Max. Snyder would be a, should be able to finish it as he sees fits. Um, do I want to see Snyder finish it? I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be great. I mean, like, if you think about it, um, Snyder releasing his, you know, Justice League. It'd be great for, you know, fans like me who would want to see it, and a lot of fans who, of course, you know, watch any DC films want to see it. It'd be great, you know, like, um, it, it would leave the door, like, open, hopefully it would leave the door open for other DC films of the Snyderverse films to be made. Like Cyborg, um, possibly, maybe the Ben Affleck Batman film, which I kind of doubt. It would happen, 
Because Affleck said no. <laughs> but I'm sure if DC... I'm sure if Warner Brothers came up to him and be like, Hey, you know, you did Batman. Um, how do you feel about doing Batman again? This time we just let you do what you want to do. And have it made. It'd be interesting. Um, we had to go over a lot of the DC films. I mean, there are so many of them that I don't even know if they're making them or not. <laughs> they're going to make them or not. So, anyway, uh, Randolph went so he goes on to say, and since he's waited this long, he waited this long. I think he should hold off until he can do it. It do it the way he wants to. I mean, the Snyder Cut is almost taken on like a mythological proportions at this point. It's a legend. You can imagine the intense pressure to live up to the, ele- the legend. I think the additional stuff he has planned will allow him to do it for sure. Trust me. So the Snyder Cut, I think, for a long time being, is off the board. Off the broad. Um, okay, let's look at the DC films. There's several of them. DC EU. <clears throat> All right. The DC EU. Let's look at the feature, future films. All right, future, future films. Wonder Woman eighty four, The Batman, The Suicide Squad. What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Black Adam, Shazam two, The Flash, Aquaman two. All right, let's take a look at other projects that are in development. Amazon Films, uh, Patty Jenkins has announced that Wonder Woman spin-off films are in development, focusing on the Amazon people from the island of Themyscira. Jenkins is attached as producer additional. She said that the story for the project is mapping out. She's not sure when production will begin. Basically saying, I got this, but I don't know when the fuck it's going to be made. Uh, Bad Girl, which was in March twenty, March twenty seven, uh, sorry, March twenty seventeen. Joss Whedon was hired to write, direct, and produce a, a film centered around Bat Girl. Whedon was to begin production in fall of twenty eighteen, but stepped down in February. In April. After impressing Warner Brothers with her work on Birds of Prey. (laughs) I love how it it just says that Warner Brothers impressed with her work on Birds of Prey. (laughs) I'm sure not now. (laughs) Uh, Hudson was hired to screenwrite Batgirl. By November 2019, Hudson is expecting... To write the screenplay, and she completed the work on the Flash. Fuck. Um, hold on. 
Shit, she wrote the fucking Flash film. Damn it. Why would you hire somebody who wrote a <clears throat> shit film? Why would you why would you hire somebody who wrote Birds of Prey to do the Flash? <clears throat> the Flash is one of my one of my favorite characters. You went from getting Grant Morrison, a phenomenal comic book writer, who is willing to write the screenplay to hire the woman who wrote Birds of Prey. No wonder people hate Warner Brothers at times. Fuck. And they're gonna run a flash. Uh, Warner Brothers is looking for a female director to place Whedon. That's all that's known of a uh, Batgirl. So that project's probably dead. Alright. Batgirl's the first one that's probably DOA. Dead on arrival. Blue Beetle. Um, November 2018. Uh, centered around Jaime Reyes. The incarnation of Blue Beetle is in development with Gareth Donat Akalor and Z Foreman, uh, respectively attached as screenwriters and producers. Um, I don't know why they just don't do a Booster Gold and Booster Gold and Blue Beetle project. I don't know why they just uh, September 2015. A Booster Gold and Blue Beetle film was announced by. Greg Berlanti. The film's to uh, tone was uh, going to be a buddy cop film connection with Justice League. By 2016, Zack Snyder was uh, sorry, Zack Zentz was hired to uh, hired to write the screenplay Booster Gold. Berlanti expressed interest in directing it. Uh, in 2016, Berlanti said that Booster Gold has no uh, connective issues with other films. Oh, no connective tissues to other films. Uh, the screen, uh, the script was completed in March of 2018, according to Berlanti. Production would begin when Warner Brothers decides where to place it on the film slate. May of 2019, Zenny reaffirmed that the film was still awaiting the green light from Warner Brothers. Hmm. So that film's probably as well on the maybe dead list. Along with Blue Beetle. I'm going to put Blue Beetle in the same boat. They're probably not going to make it. Uh, Cyborg. I still think that they should do the Cyborg film with Ray Fisher. I still think they should do it. Um, if you're going to have him in the, the Flashpoint film, possibly. Because if you remember in the... Um, I'm going to say possibly in the Flashpoint film. The Flash movie. Was because... Ezra Miller's cameo in the Flash TV show, the big crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'll be right back real quick. I'm going to turn down the furnace, man. It's fucking hot in this house. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to play this song real quick. 
Then we'll get back to the Flashpoint thing. I'm back. Man, it's like... Like, it, like the worst part about my room is, like, it gets hot back here. And I start cooking. <laughs> I feel like a chicken in the oven. Like, I, it's just... It's, it's like I'm cooking back here. Like, good lord. So, anyway... Cyborg. Alright. Flashpoint. If they're going to have... Alright, if you remember in Ezra Miller's cameo in Flash, um, he mentions that he told Victor... something. <laughs> um, so if you remember, he told... He said out loud, I told Victor this was possible. So it sort of hints that you'll see Cyborg in possibly the Flash film, which I think that it should. I mean, they don't have Jon Stewart Green Lantern, so why not just have Cyborg be, you know, the Flash's buddy throughout this entire DCEU? I mean, they were they were fun in the film the flash and cyborg and you know i i think that they should have cyborg in the film i think that he should be in the flash movie sort of like the supporting encouraging friend of like hey barry you can do this you know you could you got this bud and that's how it should be and yes, I am a fan of the Flash to the point where I have Converse Flash shoes. <laughs> um, it was funny though. Like they, I went to um, Journeys one time, and they I saw like they had like the uh, Converse All Stars DC comic shoes. They still have them to this day. I think they still have them. They're still selling them. And I was like, they have Batman ones. I'm going to buy Batman ones. This is a funny story. And I went there and I was like, you know, do you have Batman ones? They're like, oh no, we got Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, and um, I'm trying to remember the other one. Like, I, I think Harley Quinn. And they got the Flash. I was like, I'll take the Flash. <laughs> like, I did not want any of the other ones. I did not want... Like, I have Catwoman ones as well. Like, I bought those on Amazon. Uh, they don't fit that well. <laughs> the Flash ones fit great. Um, but I I refuse to buy Superman ones. I, I did not want Superman ones. I did not want Wonder Woman ones. I did not want 
Harley Quinn ones. I was just like, I'll take the Flash. <laughs> and that's what I got. I got the Flash Converse shoes. And I... You know, I am a fan of the Flash. I think... I am excited for the Batman movie. But I am also really excited for the Flash movie. Because... We've seen Batman films. I've seen like every Batman film made. But there was never a Flash movie done right. And you have Ezra Miller, who I think is a great actor. Like, if you ever want to see him in a good movie, he was great in... Um, he was great in Fantastic Beasts, the first one. Even though he did not have any lines, barely. <laughs> Uh, if you ever seen the film, we need to talk about Kevin. He was great in that one. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think is the, the name of the movie. He was good in that one. Um, but it, if you ever see... Um, we need to talk about Kevin. He was great in that one. That's why I always said, like, when they do the Flash movie, they need people around him to elevate him. Like... Matthew McConaughey should play the reverse Flash. I am going to say that every day. I don't even if they get like a great actor to play the reverse reverse Flash. I always will say Matthew McConaughey should have been the guy to play the reverse Flash. Tom Hanks should play Jay Garrick the Flash. I. I'm going to throw that out there. Tom Hanks should play that character. Jay Garrick is like this older, wise person. <laughs> like he's this older, wise person who's been through it. Tom Hanks should be that guy. That's how That's how it really is. Like, uh, you know, like... That's how it should be. Like, the Flash movie could be the next Dark Knight trilogy, in a way. You just need to get the right actors and actresses to work around him. I mean, look how they did with Batman Begins. Christian Bale, nobody knew who he was. I mean, everybody who's seen American Psycho, The Machinist, they know who he is, but mainstream audiences didn't know who the hell Christian Bale was. And when they made Batman Begins, you had Michael Caine, you had Morgan Freeman, you had Gary Oldman, Liam Neeson, uh, Ken Wabatane, all these great and um, um, former Mrs. Cruz, um, <laughs> Katie Holmes. Uh, she's not that great of an actress, but... But they had all these great, you know, talents around him. Uh, Tom Wilkinson, can't forget him. They worked around him, you know, Christian Bale, and elevated him to be, like, the standout of it. I mean, of course, he was Batman Bruce Wayne. You know, he played, you know, he was like Michael Keaton. He played two different roles and made them work. That was the amazing thing about it. Like, you know, the way Christian Bale played Bruce Wayne, then he played Batman. You know, but um, the point I'm making is like they they elevated him, they made him, you know, 
stand out. I mean, look at look at the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman films. Um, you had Jackie Cooper, Marlon Brando, uh, Margot Kidder. They all worked around Christopher Reeve, who was a newcomer, and they elevated him. Ezra Miller needs strong supporting roles around him to make him look good and elevate him to be the standout. If you get, like, um, the one, you know, I mean, there's going to be flashpoints, so they need a strong actress to play the mom, uh, Barry's mom. So, you know, if I had to choose an actress to play Barry's mom, I would go Julianne Moore to play Barry's mom in the film. So, you get Julianne Moore. Um, if you're going to get a new Iris, um, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I'm going to say Anna Kendrick to play Iris. So, you need Anna Kendrick <laughs> to play Iris. And you get Tom Hanks as Jay Garrick. You get Matthew McConaughey as the reverse Flash. Um, you know, Captain Cold. Uh, Michael Fassbender as Captain Cold. You need somebody who's sort of charismatic and, you know. You get Ray Fisher as Cyborg. So, you get all these talented people and around him sort of working to, you know, make him be the standout. You know, like, he's the guy who's going to play the Flash. You know, he's the Flash. That's who he is. Type of thing. And that's how it should be in in every comic book film. Like, you need the veteran actors and actresses. And I'm not saying Ezra Miller's not a veteran actor, but, you know, you're going to have to convince everybody that he is the Flash, even though there's a lot of naysayers like Ezra Miller is not the Flash, Grant Gustin's the Flash. And it's like I, I agree. It's like if you ever get anybody to play Green Arrow, it's gonna be like it's gonna be very difficult because Stephen Amell, you know, was a great, you know, was a phenomenal Green Arrow. Like the guy did, I think eight, nine seasons for it. So yeah, um, still, I mean. You know, you're going to need somebody to work around the character. It's like Robert Pattinson, you know, is a great actor. And I think you're going to get a lot of, you know, great moments out of him as Batman. Um, yes, even, I know, right? He is amazing. Yeah, it's like. The person who I always thought would play Green Arrow, in my mind, for films, would be Charlie Hunnam, because he was awesome in Sons of Anarchy. Like, But I, I remember somebody showed him a photo of him. Like, someone made a fan art of him as Green Arrow, and he had that like look on his face like, I don't know if I want to play this character, <laughs> which was funny. I think he was really, you know, I thought I think he really thought it was really cool to say to see the photo of him as Green Arrow, but I, I don't think he would want to play it, because I think after what he heard about... Because him and Ben Affleck were in the one movie together on Netflix, which was really good. But he, I think what he heard about what happened to Affleck as Batman, I, I think he kind of had that look like, I don't know if I want to play 
<laughs> comic book character. Um, but it was it was funny though. Um, but he was awesome in Sons of Anarchy. Like Ron Perlman was fucking awesome. Like I don't know how the hell Marvel or DC has not gotten Ron Perlman in their films. Like, if there was ever somebody to play Darkseid, like to do the voice, you know, the motion capture of Darkseid, Ron Perlman is the guy to call. Like, he has that fucking voice that just, you know, you're like, that dude could play Darkseid. Like, that that dude has the voice. He was awesome. I love Hellboy 1 and 2. He was great in that. And... He also did Batman. He also played the voice of Batman in uh, Justice League Heroes. And I remember being such a Teen Titans fan when I heard him, heard him do the voice of Batman. I was like, "That's that's Slade. <laughs> Slade is Batman." <laughs> so it, it was amazing. You know, he he's a great actor. Uh, I don't like some of the tweets he does, like. <clears throat> Like, he talks about the time he pissed on his hand and shook Harvey Weinstein's hand, I think. I'm thinking, like, why didn't you just keep that thought to yourself? <laughs> like, why didn't you just keep that to yourself? Like, the poor people you probably shook hands after. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just like, why didn't you just keep that thought to yourself? <laughs> but Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman would be great in, like, um, he'd be great at Zoom, like you know, if they ever did like. But the guy who did Zoom in, um, I think they were in the Flash TV show. <coughs> I think that was the dude who played Candyman and uh, Candyman films, which I don't look forward to seeing. The I'm sorry, the the remake, a reboot or whatever they're doing, looks like shit. I'm sorry. I don't care if you have Jordan Peele's name on it. It makes me not want to see it. So, um, hold on. Here's a question I got of Flash. Speaking of Flash, how was 750? Issue 750 you got? Um, phenomenal. 750. The it is a It is a beautiful issues it's like different stories written by different different artists and writers did the stories of the flash 750 it's like detective comics 750 and it's probably going to be what catwoman 80th anniversary is different writers and artists doing catwoman stories um the one i got was the the Jim Lee variant cover, the 2000s variant cover. There was like different ones that they I saw that they had at Dark Side. Um, you know they were really cool, but I love Jim Lee's art. When I saw it, I was just like, I gotta have that. <laughs> um, you know it it's it's amazing cover. Um, yeah, but the, the stories in there, there was like one I really liked, which was Jay Garrick talking about the meaning of being the Flash and stuff. And it was really uh, beautiful. Let me find it real quick. I'll be right back.
All right, I'm here. Um, this is what he wrote. This is what uh, Jay Garrick says. The one that tells me the future will have good days and bad days. That tells me I'm part of something so much bigger than myself. The future needs me. And so long as I keep running towards it, I will never run alone. I love that part. That part was so... It was such a great part. Like, that is something that... Jay Garrick would say. And... It was it was such a great part of the story. And I love the artwork that shows the Flash, um, Bart Allen, Wally West, Wallace West. And it shows like the different rogues like Captain Cold, uh, Gorilla, Reverse Flash. It was such a cool artwork. And you see, you see Jake Garrick like looking in the center, like looking at the reader. Uh, <laughs> it was just like when I when I saw that I was just like in my mind when I saw it I was just like I want I want those lines in it I want I want that and like in the end of the Flash movie where you see Ezra Miller run towards the screen the camera <laughs> running you know doing his run through the timeline through the Speed Force, and it shows, like, different parallel universes. Flashes the future, uh, his past, overcoming it. I want to see that. I want that line. As I want those lines uh, in it. I want him saying that in a, in a monologue. Where it's like, it opens a door that there's, you know, multiverses and, and stuff. Um... You know, and it shows like Grant Gustin's Flash and, you know, the one, you know, CW verse and it shows Tom Hanks, Jay Garrick, the Flash. I know some people are like, Tom Hanks isn't in it. Damn it. I want Tom Hanks in that film. <laughs> and it shows Bart Allen Flash and it shows Wally West, Wallace West. All these, you know, you know, possibilities of what we'll see in the future Flash films and stuff. That would be awesome. Like that would be such an amazing um, moment, you know. Like man, there could be like it, it shows like you know um, different possibilities and stuff. But you know, who knows what will happen with the Flash once this stupid ass virus thing gets over? Maybe they'll get back to going, and we'll see what happens with the Flash. Stuff. And, you know, for me, that's what I want to see. I want to see the Flash movie happen. And I I want to see the Batman movie. Um, I like what I see so far. I think Robert Pattinson is going to make Batman his own, which is something that makes me happy. It's not like, you know, like we're going to, you know, over, you know, we're going to top Ben Affleck's. We're going to beat Ben Affleck's Batman. We're going to make him make you forget. <laughs> Um, type of thing. He's making Batman his own, which I am happy that Pattinson's doing it. He he was great in 
um, Lighthouse, uh, Good Time. Uh, Map for Our Stars is not one of the best films he's done. <laughs> A lot of people always say Twilight was awful. No, see that movie. You'd be like, you know what? Twilight was not that bad. <laughs> um, I, do, I do like Twilight. I, I will admit, Twilight was a great film. Great films and stuff. I, I like the uh, part. I like the one where they introduced the uh, Vampire Council and had uh, Michael Sheen in it. Michael Sheen would be great in a um, DC film and stuff. Um, if I, I, have to, I have to say this. Michael Sheen might actually be... I would want him to play Xavier in X-Men. That's who I'd want to see. I want to see Michael Sheen play Xavier. Um, I like when they introduced the Vampire Council thing. I, I always thought, like... I kind of wanted to see... I wish they would have dug deeper into that. Like, I wish they would have shown, like, the connection. Like, I wish they would have done, like, a... Um, uh, what is it? Like... I wish they would have done like a longer film film version where it shows like the the uh, relationship between the Collins and the Vampire Council, like what you know, because when you see them like interact, it's like there's this deep tension and hostility between the two, and it's like what caused that? I kind of wanted. To, I wish they would have dug deeper in that in the films and stuff. Um. But instead, they had to show like him shirtless, and it's like I really don't fucking care. <laughs> I want to see what what made the Collins distrust the Vampire Council. Kind of wish they would have done that. Just dug deeper into that. Um, <laughs> but the map to our stars is like the worst fucking film I've ever seen. Um, I felt bad for him in that one because he had to do like. Um, he had to do a sex scene with Julianne Moore and he looked uncomfortable in that film like before they start doing anything you could tell by his reaction like I don't want to do this fucking scene <laughs> like he had that expression on his face before they started doing anything he just had that look like I do not want to do this scene and he did an interview where he was like I did not feel comfortable at all with this scene. I was nervous. And I was just like, I knew it. <laughs> he had that look on his face like, I did not want to do this scene. And he said in an interview, like, he just was not comfortable with it. And I was just like, you know what? He deserves to play Batman. He went through that. <laughs> he deserves to play Batman. But, um, Good Times was a good film. Like, if, if anyone always says, like, he can't do dark films and stuff, like, watch that movie. Like, he has an intense, like, role. Like, he plays, like, he played his role in that film great. Like, he, he played it so intense. Like, he had, like, the scene that, uh, the, the video, the GIF or GIF, whatever video Matt Reeves played when he announced Pattinson as Batman, that scene is intense like that was just like that was like a very intense scene and the film tenant that he's doing looks really great so i you know in a way i i look forward to seeing him as batman i there's a part of me that hopes that um he 
does like cross over with the Justice League, but at the same time, I really don't want to see him do it. <clears throat> but uh, my idea, like, just is like they have him as Batman. They have Henry Cavill as Superman. You know, and stuff like, um, and stuff. That's kind of like how I want to see it. Like, I I rather see Henry Cavill as the older Superman, like, and stuff. Like, as odd as that sounds, I, I know a lot of people are like, what you know. I know there's some people that want to see like a reboot of the DCEU, but it's just like I don't like enough of the reboots, like Batman films. It doesn't mean you have to reboot the whole fucking universe. You can just, like, um, have Ezra Miller's Flash come back to his universe, and he realizes when he went over to the DC television verse, when he came back, something changed. Everything changed. Like, Batman's younger. You have Superman, who, you know, Henry Kevill, Superman, who is older. He and Lois have kids. Sort of drops in the head that John Kent exists. Um, and stuff. And you could sort of do that, like, change it up a bit. Like, make it an, its own universe where it doesn't have to follow the exact comic book thing. Like, I, I'm a DC diehard, but it's just like, it doesn't mean they have to follow the exact comic book status and, you know, and stuff. Like, they just they don't have to do it. Like, they could just do it their own way. Like, that would be fine, you know. But anyway... Uh, let's get to the other, like, Cyborg, of course. Um, I still think they should do Cyborg movie. Um, I think they should just release it on HBO Max. I think they would, you know, do great. Um, let's see, Deadshot with Will Smith. <laughs> Uh, Will Smith, uh, Deadshot, uh, let's see, February 2019, Will Smith left a role due to scheduling conflict. By March, Idris Elba was cast to replace him in Suicide Squad, but in April, the character was written out of the team of film so that Will Smith could reprise the role. Um, I think if they do Deadshot, it, it would be interesting. I think that if I think if they do Deadshot, I I would I wouldn't mind seeing you know I wouldn't mind seeing a you know Deadshot movie, but you know who knows Deathstroke. Um, that film is probably dead. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. That film's probably dead. Uh, this one's interesting. Gotham City Sirens. Um, hmm. Uh, the same month. Uh, this one's written. Uh, this is about. Uh, in uh, January 2020, Ayer from the project was on hold. Of course. Same month, Margot Robbie stated that she has the option. She had the option to film a variety of Harley Quinn films, including Gotham City Sirens, but chose Birds of Prey, thank God, to introduce the audience to lesser-known characters. 
She stated that she's still pushing forward to a Gotham City Sirens movie, but uh, to adapt the relationship between Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn's relationship with Poison Ivy and Catwoman. I think after Gotham, uh, I'm sure after Birds of Prey, it's a no. <laughs> I, I don't. I really, really don't want to see it i'd rather see gotham city sirens on the harley quinn animated show than than um live action i mean look what happened to look what happened to birds of prey i know there's gonna be some people who will defend that movie to the end because we're all sexist, misogynist men. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog said some offensive things, and you know, a mother took her kids to go see Birds of Prey, and they were happy. <laughs> That's not how theaters work. Okay. That's not how theaters work. I'm sure my movie theater would be like, you know, go f- watch the fucking film or get out. Theater. Like, Son- I don't think Sonic said some homophobic racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I can't imagine Blue Hedgehog saying something homophobic. <laughs> I really don't. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure that movie, I'm sure Warner Brothers is like, no, like, I I don't think Zoe Kravitz would do, I don't think Zoe Kravitz would do that. I don't think she would do a, uh, I'm sure she would do a Gotham City Sirens movie, but, you know, I would honestly rather see a Catwoman movie, like, when in Rome, you know, Catwoman when in Rome and stuff. Like, I'd rather see that. Or, um, you know, I, I just, I'd rather see that. I'd rather see a Catwoman movie than a Gotham City Sirens film. Because, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing a Gotham City Sirens film if it was written by Paul Dini, who wrote the Gotham City Sirens comic. And I know a lot of people are like, well, Paul Dini can't write a movie. It's like bullshit. The dude wrote Mask of the Phantasm. Like, the dude could write. He wrote Arkham City. Arkham Asylum. That probably explains why Arkham Knight was not that story-wise great. But the dude can write. You know? For me, it's just that he would write Gotham City Sirens Evenly, it just wouldn't be just about Harley Quinn and her breaking the fourth walls and stuff. Nobody wants to see a Harley Quinn centered film anymore. People are kind of tired of Harley Quinn movie wise, not animation wise. I mean, the animated series was was great. I think if they took a few notes out of that show and made a Harley Quinn movie like that. People would like it. People would love it. People would love a talking shark. (laughs) 
a talking plant, a talking clay, <laughs> an angry, you know, mad doctor. People would love that. Yeah. Harley from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as a condiment king. That would be great. <laughs> but that's the problem with it. Like, a lot of people just didn't want this Harley Quinn film that looked bad. You know, and I actually feel bad for, you know, the, the, the fans who love Harley Quinn from the comics to, you know, and stuff in the animated series. You know, people, you know, got cheated out of the Harley Quinn film. I, I, I still say in the last, the past episodes I did, if they made Harley Quinn a PG-13 movie, it probably would have done great. But instead they made it rated R. The movie from the trailer and the um, TV ads, it looked like a PG-13 movie. It looked like a movie, you know, you know, people could take their kids to go see. But it wasn't. It, it was a rated R film. And Harley Quinn is a established PG-13 character, not a rated R character. If they made Lobo the Bounty Hunter, then yeah, you could do rated R for Lobo the Bounty Hunter. He's crude and offensive. <laughs> you know, you could do that. You could get away with Lobo the Bounty Hunter as a R-rated film, which I'm surprised they never done yet. Um, so for me, that was the problem with the Harley Quinn film. I just didn't want to see it because honestly, it's like you're doing a film in Gotham. There's no Batman. No other Batman characters? What's the point of it? I know some people are like, well, you know, they had uh, um, the cop. What's her name in it? <laughs> but honestly, um, it's just kind of pointless. Like a lot of people, and this is a question that a, a lot of people got annoyed with was people asking where was Batman at? People got annoyed by that. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's Gotham City. Where's Batman? Where's, you know, other Bat family members at? Like, um, and stuff. Like, that was the problem with it. So. Uh, let's see. Green Lantern. They're doing a TV show that, so. Harley Quinn and Joker film. Shit. Uh, July 2017, untitled film centered around Harley Quinn and Joker was announced in development. The working title was Harley Quinn vs. the Joker. It was the began production after the Suicide Squad. Um, that's probably dead. <laughs> this one's interesting. A Joker film. That's right, after the Joaquin Phoenix brilliant Joker film. 2018, a film centered around the Joker was in early development with Jared Leto set to serve as an executive producer. In addition to Price's role as Warner Brothers, or Price's role as Joker, Warner Brothers intended to film 
to pave the ways for other Suicide Squad-related projects, Leto was involved in hiring the film's production crew. That film's probably dead. Justice League sequel. In October 2014, Justice League Part 2 was announced as Snyder returning as director. Deborah Snyder revealed that Justice League would not be a... Would not be one film split into two, leaving the sequel untitled. This, the film was scheduled to be released June 14, 2019. I wonder if it's out yet on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, production was pushed back to accompany the Batman, accommodate the Batman. In October 2017, J.K. Simmons stated that the script was in progress. Work, the work on the script was in progress. December Variety reported there was no immediate plans for Snyder to direct a film. Warner Brothers was prioritized by doing standalone films, although Patty Jenkins noted she would be open to direct the next Justice League film. Um, that one's... I don't know what they're going to do with that one. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Patty, Patty Jenkins direct the Justice League film. Um, you know. Justice League Dark... That film is dead. <laughs> Lobo, the bounty hunter. In 2009, damn. Decade ago. A, center, a film centered around Lobo, the bounty hunter, Guy Ritchie, and Brad Pay Payton was attached to direct at different times. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was intended to star in the film. Brad, uh, there was... Uh, Various interpretations, uh, 2016, Jason Fuchs, I think is his name, was hired to direct the, uh, was hired to write the script. Uh, by February 2019, 2018, Warner Bros. discussed Michael Bay directing the film with Fuchs, uh, sorry, that's his name, Fuchs, was, began rewriting the script, Bay's request, so a budget could be lowered. I want that film. <laughs> I want. I think that's what they should do. They should go do what they did with Deadpool, like make it a low budget, um, low budget film. I mean, make it a rated R low budget film, man. It would work. Um, let's see. You got new gods happening with Tom King writing. Writing the film. Uh, do, 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 do. A lot of these films are like pointless for them to make, like Supergirl, Plastic Man. As much as I would love a plastic a Plastic Man film to happen, um, The Trench. I don't know why. I mean, The Trench is probably going to happen. Wonder Woman 84. Wow, they're going to do a sequel. Wonder Woman. January 2019. Principal photography on the Wonder Woman 84 was completed. Director co-writer Patty Jenkins stated that the plot for her third Wonder Woman film has been mapped out. She revealed that the story arc would be Wonder... Story arc for Wonder Woman has been planned for over three films. The third would take place in the present day. Jenkins and Gal Gadot... Plan to work on other projects proceeding before the sequel. So there will be a Wonder Woman 3. 
you know, I, I, I know, I, I know my, my Catwoman is probably excited for, for a third Wonder Woman film. Wonder Woman trilogy. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited. Not really, but yeah. So anyway, um, we're over 60 minutes on the show. So we talked on uh, we talked about Phantom. Yesterday, we talked about the sighting that I, that a um, person reported on. About the large naked woman creates havoc in southeast U.S. Southeast U.S. residents. That story was so fascinating. It was an interesting story that um, scared a lot of people. You know, it was really interesting. Um. There hasn't been any updates about it. And I, I hope they do updates about it. Like, when I was reading... I was reading a story about it. I... I was very... I was laughing about it. I was laughing. I was... Oh, there's the white cat. <laughs> So I was laughing hysterically about the um, the story. I, I I didn't know how anybody could keep a straight face while reading it. And so hopefully they'll update. they'll talk about it again. Um, and no, I did not write the story. <laughs> Um, no, I did not, like, you know, I didn't write the story. I didn't write it because, one, I couldn't even think of a story <laughs> that hilarious enough. So, um... I'm trying to find other stories to see what could be interesting to read on. <clears throat> hmm. Let's see what's on the uh, other one. I, I'm clicking on this link. I had some favorites. Again. Future uh, recollections of. I think is the name of it. It's a long story. Damn, that's creepy.
Hmm. I'm looking to see like if there's any like stories of uh, vampire ones, but there isn't. Let's see what the alien abductions. <clears throat> As you can tell, my throat's kind of like dry and stuff. So anyway, this is alien abduction. Alien abduction. Thirty-two years of constant fear. Shit. This one's a set. Um, damn, it's a long story. So many ads. I'm so sick of these stupid ads. Um, all right, we're going to read this one. In October 88, I think after I read this, my, I think after I read this, we'll wrap it up because my throat's kind of like dry and stuff. So, um, in October 88, a friend and I, had an astonishing UFO sighting and encounter. We were both in our sophomore year of high school. I will talk about the incident later in my story. But first, I want to relate other experiences. Two years later, strange things started happening to me. On my 18th birthday, I went to bed around 11.30 p.m. All I remember was laying down. Sometimes around, sometime around 3 a.m. I woke up in my backyard freezing, absolutely terrified. What I don't understand is if I was sleepwalking, why didn't my parents wake up? I know my mom should, should have been, should have because she has always been a light, very light sleeper. After the incident, I couldn't sleep at all for the next three nights. I know that feeling. <laughs> Not able to sleep for the next three nights. I know that feeling. It, you know, like, I used to drink a lot of caffeine now. I'm sort of like, sleep quickly. But it, it not only that, but I, um, I take my anxiety pill before I go to sleep, which kind of helps me because I have a hard time sleeping because like rapid heartbeat and many thoughts running, rushing through my head of like fears, worries, all that crap. Now just like out cold. <laughs> all I hear is. <laughs> By the way, I snore. I don't know why. <laughs> I've been told that like a lot of people are like you you snore when you sleep. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that. So, <laughs> um, it's like no wonder my cat gets. <laughs> um, anyway, not only that, like my dogs snore. Especially Stitch. Like, Stitch snores when he sleeps. Like, that dog sleeps a lot. I don't know how. <laughs> in October, oh, sorry, November 1994, I was living alone in a house that my friend's grandmother rented to me. <sighs> sorry. I'm awake. I'm just kind of like, story. like, a slow pace. 
One night I was laying on the couch watching television. Who doesn't? After the program, I rolled over and went to sleep. Not long after, I was awakened by a very intense bright white light. Don't go to the light. Um, <laughs> at first, I thought it was someone pulling, had pulled into my driveway. I started to get up. I thought it might have been a friend of mine who lived right up the road and had to, uh, because he had to come to my house at very late, had come to my house at a very late number of occasions because he worked two shifts. He worked a second shift. As I started to get out of bed to see who, wait a minute, I thought he was on the couch. Didn't he just say he was in the couch? How is he in bed now? Someone explain that to me. Alright, uh... It, it was... It said, like, he went to sleep on the couch. Now he's in the bed. Something's not right. Alright. Um... Who uh, got out of bed to see who it was. An overwhelming terror came over me. I laid back down and pulled the covers over my head. That's all I remember. Until the next morning. I woke up. Woke up with my feet on the back of the couch. My head and my head and my body on the floor. With my shirt on the wrong side. I had a similar experience. In 1996, in a different house, in a different part of the country. Hmm. Huh. That's a very... That's a very weird thing. It sounds like the aliens just, like, dropped him. <laughs> if Sweet is on the couch, well, fuck it. Just drop him. They just drop him on the floor. Now, it happened again earlier this morning, around 5 a.m. I woke up and swear I saw three small figures standing next to the bed. It was pitch black because the power has gone off. That ain't good. I immediately rolled back over and put the covers over my head and thought to myself, I did not see that. I don't want to see that. And after a few minutes, without taking the covers off my head, I reached over to the nightstand, I got my flashlight, raised it, raised it up out of the bed, and simultaneously turned on the flashlight, and there was nothing there. I was terrified because I felt like someone was in the bedroom with me, even though I could not see anything. Oddly enough, as soon as I clicked on the flashlight, the power came back on immediately afterwards. I'm not claiming that I have been abducted, but if if I was simply don't want to know the details. I was overly concerned about the experiences with and will continue that continue and that I will eventually become aware of the abduction is occurring. I have never received any communications. I cannot find any marks on my body. The only symptoms I have is 
our insomnia for several days without and loss of appetite. But I don't get tired or sleepy. I have noticed that some of the items in my house have been moved around. And in fact, a few things have gone missing, including a perfume bottle, a hairbrush, and a blanket. Okay. To be honest, to be honest with you, my real concern centers around my father and the UFO incident in October 1988, the night I had a sighting and encounter. My father went missing. Shit. <laughs> he has never been seen or heard from again. He had previously claimed that he has been abducted by extraterrestrials and that these beings perform experiments on him. An encounter my friend and I had are very scary and confusing. We have never been able to talk about it to each other, even though we are still close. I have an awful feeling that something may have happened to me, and I may actually find out what became of my father. I have seen psychiatrists and psychologists for almost 25 years now, no one has been able to alleviate my fear. Okay. Um. What? Um, there's several questions I have about this story. One is the father. I I wish this. I wish they would give like information where you can like message the person. And invest. I wish I could investigate because there's like several questions I have. One is about the father. Um, how long has the father been dealing with this? Because if this person saying they've been dealing with this since sophomore in high school, um, since they were 18, how long has the father been dealing with this? You know abduction things and you know what does the mother the wife know about the husband's encounter with aliens and stuff like does she witness anything to it did she see anything to it you know um there's like several things about it that i would like to know like did the father have any encounters any you know things to it like did he work in the military did he witness something that he shouldn't have been witnessing like all these things and they're they just they these type of stories kind of annoyed the hell out of me because they they there aren't any like follow-ups to it there aren't any like emails or you know, where you can email the person who encountered these things, who are telling these stories, so you can ask questions yourself. There aren't any of that. They're just like, here's the story. That's it. Um, that is the one thing that kind of bothers me a bit, because, um, you know, for example, we we told the story, of course, you know, there was a story about this woman who just disappeared. Um 
they were doing an investigation of him. Like, I wanted to ask the investigator, like, is there any more follow-ups? Like, because remember the story where the mother and the daughter, the daughter and her mother were, like, encountering all these beings and the daughter just disappeared? Like, that's the thing that sort of bothers me. It's just, like, I want to know more. And that's the thing about that's bad about me. It's just, like, once I find something I have to investigate it I have to know more and that's the thing about it that just always bothers me at times it's just all these like um these things and stuff um anyway we yesterday we went two hours <laughs> uh right now I'm not right now we're gonna like wrap up the podcast um We'll be back tomorrow, I think. Yeah, we'll do another morning podcast show. Um, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, bye. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to wash your hands and stuff. We got this stupid ass thing happening. And uh, they said like it was supposed to be over two weeks so who knows anyway don't forget to wash your hands wash your hands